Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And I think the key is that you, you are able to admit that you're not good enough at something, yeah. but that doesn't mean you're not good yes. enough. Welcome to The Best Bits with Lily and Alice. We'd like to recognise the traditional peoples of this continent whose land was stolen nearly 250 years ago. In particular, we at The Best Bits would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of a land in which this podcast is being recorded today, and we extend our respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hello. Hello. How are you, darling? Good. I'm overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, um, but I'm yes. good. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Before, before yeah. the pod, before the recording, Alice goes. <laughs> I'm good. I just feel like I can't breathe. <laughs> like maybe having a heart attack. Don't know. I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> you got a lot going on. You're moving out. You're selling everything. It's a lot. Yeah, I just feel like I really should have taken this week off work. I don't know what yeah. I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it. I, I'm not. All plus work. Yeah. And it's weird because it's like randomly this week is so busy. Like, mm. you know how with work you have like weeks where it's not as busy. Like this week's like like really busy. So it's, mm. it's a bit, but it's fine. I'm really well. Like I'm really, really well. I'm really looking forward to getting on the road and yeah. seeing what's, what's out there. Mm. I feel like it's like sometimes it's even. And it sounds weird, but it's like it's an, kind of nice that it's so overwhelming because the contrast, yeah, will be so great, yeah. Of when you can actually relax and just chill out and enjoy yourself, you'll probably notice it even more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Mm. We oh, honestly, I'm. I'm pretty like overwhelmed too just with like everything that's happened in terms of the van and just like so many decisions this week that yeah. we've had to make yeah and I am I'm sick of making decisions yeah <laughs> I don't, don't want to make any more I know <laughs> um. and like 
it's just it just has felt like very big decisions like do yeah. we go home, do we buy a new van, do we mm-hmm. like you know it just all of this stuff that we've had to do and it's like which is you know, just a part of life, but it just feels a lot at the moment. Oh, um, yeah. But other than that, like like what you say, like it's like I'm healthy, I'm good, yeah. everything's yeah. okay. Um, like technically everything's okay. Yeah. It's just a lot going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. So I, I think overwhelmed is the word yes. for, for this us. week and also last week. <laughs> Well, you know what? Like the cool thing is, is we're going to see you in literally a week. Um, And then we'll just meditate for two days. Yeah. Literally. We'll do like a a pass and a like silent (laughs) (laughs) retreat. Like with with Eat, Pray, Love, that movie, like put it in like I am silent. (laughs) That'll be so fun. Yeah. Oh, um, no, I am oh. so excited for that. For context, yeah. I'm flying home for oh, a couple probably, weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably should provide context. Um, <laughs> I'm flying back home to Queensland for a couple weeks and Alice is also coming to Queensland and she's going to stay with me, so it's very exciting. Um, yeah. And that that's, yeah, that's so exciting. That's honestly probably like my best of the week is that I get to see you and like we get to do that. Also, a we made these delicious Chinese pancakes last night. Um, oh, like, neat. It was amazing. Like a whole roasted chicken with like hoisin oh. sauce and then we made the oh, Chinese yeah. pancakes. It was amazing. Um, yeah. Um, mm, so that, that's also probably my best of the week. Um, and then my worst of the week, mm. like having to leave Fraser. It's like because he's – gonna um keep traveling for the next couple weeks and then i'll meet up with him yeah um and like that sounds very codependent but it's i I don't think it is because (laughs) we've just been through like a lot this last couple weeks like it's been really hectic with yeah the van being stolen and everything and now it feels like i'm just like so yeah yeah. like yeah i I just feel like and and i know i'm not and he knows I'm not in like it's whatever but I just feel like mm. wow we've been through all of this and now I'm just abandoning you and like yeah. it's just like a I just feel I don't I don't know it doesn't I know. feel and nice I mean I don't think yeah I don't think I mean I don't know I understand yeah that makes a lot of sense mm. but as well knowing mm. that you know he doesn't think that and and that's not what you're doing it's yeah. not like going on a trip with the girls yeah. to Bali like you're literally going home to house <laughs> I know. No. I know, I know, and I and I do know that it's like it's that funny thing where just like logic doesn't match up with emotions. Yeah, like do. logically, you can know everything to the cows come home, but like yeah. emotionally, yeah, I'm like I'm the worst person in the world. Fully, but yeah. yeah, it'll be okay. And I think like once Phrase gets on the road and like starts like traveling and having fun, then I think I'll feel a lot better. Yeah. yeah. What's your best and worst? Tell me. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I actually think this is like I'm going to – there's been a lot of things that have been quite like WTF <laughs> this week, like yeah. what's going on. But I think something that comes to mind and something that 
was a worse and it kind of became, I can get like a best from it is yes. Oh, Monday, I think it was, I got home from my walk or whatever in the morning and went to turn on my computer and it just didn't turn on. And I was like, mm. cool. Like this is not needed. Can we wait a couple of weeks? Universe plus. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of freaking out cause I had like a lot to do this week. And, mm. um, anyone who's had a broken computer knows like, you don't just take it to Apple and they fix it straight away. Like it's kind of like a two week yeah. ordeal. So I just knew what was coming and I called up my friend who works at Apple and she was doing all these things for my computer and like telling me like press this control uh, command option <laughs> one, two, three, blah. And I was like, okay. Um, and none of it worked. And so I went into Apple and um, honestly, I was bawling my eyes out. Like I looked like the biggest oh. loser. <laughs> they're like, they're like, are you okay? And I was like, do you know when someone asks you if you're okay? And then you kind of like, yeah, nah, okay. it's the yeah, worst question to ask. <laughs> please don't, please, please don't. Like just not today. Um, and anyway, long story short, um, my friend really did a good one, like a, a decent one to me and like really kind of like a solid hand in that she kind of fast tracked the computer. Mm. And so like it was ready within not even 24 hours. And, you know, although it was a really, Amazing. really, really chaotic 24 hours, like for work and stuff, it just like shows you the importance of people and connection and mm. that people are really good um mm. when I guess like you know when stuff hits the fan like you can actually come out and w- through like you know good connections or good friendships like people can people can help you you just yeah. got to ask for it um yeah. so like that's like kind of like a worst bit but then it kind of turned into a really good best bit because it was like yeah. wow like people are great yeah people are people are really mm. great and yeah you can kind of like when something happens that is like, for instance, with the van being stolen, like that's, you know, done by a person, you can kind of like get really negative about people mm. and like what they're mm. capable of and everything. But it just takes literally like one nice person to change yeah. that. And no. then you're like, you remember, and it's like, no, people are good. People, people are, are good. really, really good. And mm. Yeah, that connection is so important. That's so nice that she did that for you. <laughs> I know. And so now I'm like, nice. I've got this computer and like it looks new. Like yeah. it's new. Based, it looks like it's like not my computer and I feel like, like I can't do anything to this. Yeah. yeah. Well, do so you know cool. what you did do to it? No. Nah, like yeah. the, just the whole basically keyboard just stopped working. Like the, everything just stopped mm. working, which is why I like, couldn't turn on, couldn't press the buttons. Like So that the whole entire basically yeah. keyboard and like, systems basically the whole thing had to be replaced um which right. would have cost them and it cost me a hundred dollars oh that's <laughs> i know i was like oh. i don't know if anyone works for apple here please don't find me but like it was really nice yeah yeah everything we said was just said with lies <laughs> yeah lies bad lies um can we do our quotes and then we need to talk about who's on today because it's yes. literally the most exciting guest um the quote that I wrote in my journal last night was, hey, show me how good it gets. I really love oh. it. It's really motivating for me because it's like it gets good. Like this is like show me. Show me how good life could get. Um, oh and it's sort of like a manifestation in a way. Um, but, yeah, it's exciting. So I, that's that's the quote I want to share. I love that. That has mm. such a um, such a like a positive, powerful energy behind it. You can feel it. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I know. What about you? Um, mine is by Rumi, and oh, it says, "If you are irritated by every rub, how will you be polished?" 
And wow. Yeah. I really, really like that. Just that um, shit's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And if you let everything get to you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and everything that happens to you just irritate you, make you angry and cause all these negative feelings and beliefs, like you're not going to get the lesson out of it and you're not going to get the growth out of it. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of what I've been trying to lean into. So, yeah. You've been very mature about this whole situation. And I like, honestly, Lil, like I was even talking to my mate this morning about my house leaves so calm all the time. Like I feel like I'm like the chaotic rat and you're like the solid rock who's just like, hmm, I'm Buddha. I think that's hilarious that you think really? that. Okay. And I love that I'm putting that image out there, but it's yeah. very false. Right. Like, okay. I try to do my best, but like, fuck, I have been quite angry throughout the situation. Yeah. And yeah, sure. Cry and target yesterday. Oh. Um, and in, um, and in the camping store, I believe. Oh. So, yeah. I love that you think that, but it's not true. <laughs> well, I think it's cool. I think I think it's interesting how everyone reacts differently to situations. Anyway, who do we have on today? Tell me, Alice. We have Josh Van Kylenberg from The Imperfects. So exciting. Our interview with Josh, firstly, we're so grateful that he said yes. We couldn't believe it when mm-hmm. he did say yes. Um, we kind of just like sent a message and like, eh, you know, we probably won't hear back from him, yeah. but why not give it a crack kind of is our approach. And he said yes, which is so gracious. And it was such a great chat. I feel like we got so much out of it. Um, We spoke all about imposter syndrome, his experience, but also his ways that he's dealt with that. Um, But the chat went in all different directions, which it usually does. It's the first male we've had on the show. Um, which yeah. is a big deal. Big deal. <laughs> um, yep. Don't let many in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was um, it was such a special chat, and we know you're all going to enjoy it. So yeah. let's get to it. Let's get to it. Enjoy. Yeah. Well, today we are so excited to be chatting with Josh Van Kylenberg from our absolute favorite podcast, The Imperfects. Uh, Josh, alongside Ryan Shelton and his brother Hugh, have brought discussions around mental health and vulnerability really into the mainstream conversation through their podcast. And we have been really inspired by Josh and the depth that he brings to each and every episode. This is an absolute pinch me moment for us. So Josh, welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for being here. Well, I'm honoured to be asked. <laughs> I'm like, I'm kind of shocked to be asked, I must admit. It's only happened really once before where I've gone to someone else's show and it was with yeah. Hugh and Ryan. Yeah. So to be asked by myself feels uh, somewhat uh, somewhat nerve-wracking but also yeah. uh, really exciting. Yeah. Well, I guess to maybe totally flatter you, when you said yes, I sent Alice a screenshot. She said, what the fuck? <laughs> Fuck off. No fucking way. And then we had a call and we were so excited. So genuinely, we really feel so grateful. Oh, no, it doesn't take a lot for me to say yes. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't say that because I'll get lots of more requests. But um, no, I was, uh, no, I loved your messages Mm. um, and what you wrote. And also, 
um, I'm kind of fascinated by the hypnosis thing as well. So I was like curious to learn more about that. I don't yeah. know if we'll talk about that at all, but I have, it's an interesting area that I um, have never gone near, but I find mm. kind of fascinating. So it's, it's funny. It's something that um, I think everyone has sort of misconceptions about um, just mm. through like, I guess like movies and the media and whatever, but it's um, yeah, the, what it actually is is so different from that so yeah we can chat about that mm. whenever yeah but, um, yeah yeah actually i like i have had one experience with it yeah. that i have wiped out because it was so weird i was like at a buck's day and they had a hypnosis guy come to a buck's day what? and well they got the guys at the front to do weird stuff yeah. and the whole it, yeah I, I think it's. I think let's just pretend that never happened, <laughs> yep. and I'll start from square one. With, we'll with yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a feeling that's like the dark side of hypnosis, like the yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But we always start every episode with our guests' best and worst. It's just kind of the premise of this podcast. The best, mm. the worst bits typically turn out to be the best. Um, so we'd love to know what is yeah. the best and worst of your week. Um, I've actually had a really good week. Um, as far as worst, maybe is it? Uh, maybe this could turn into something good. Maybe the worst thing is that I've got like, I've kind of hurt my physically hurt myself. So I've got like a really bad shoulder. I can't. It's just sort of I can't lift my shoulder up above there, yeah. and then I slept weirdly to avoid that pain, and then I've like really hurt my neck. Oh, no. And so I'm just in like a lot of physical pain a lot of the time. That's a um, that's definitely yeah yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of what good can come out of that. Well, my wife says I don't use our Medicare extras <laughs> enough, so Medibank extras enough. So maybe that will mean I'll use the good bit will be that I'll start using some physio extras. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, always a silver lining, yes. I guess. No, I need what to, did you do to it? Um, I think it's carrying kids mm, around, no. to be honest. Like on, I feel like being a dad, like I've never really been into going to the gym or yeah. running or working out or anything like that. And I feel like carrying two young kids around, I'm probably the strongest I've ever been, but it's all really bad like, strength. Yeah, it's like yeah. uneven and, yeah, and now I'm like, because I can't really stop. So since I've done this, I'm still carrying them around, but I'm carrying them around and even, like I just walked In pain. a kilometre with a three-year-old on my shoulders oh. um, to get him to childcare. Yeah. So, um yeah, there's no recovery at the moment, but I've just got to book in a physio. So there's the positive. I'll finally go to yes. a physio. Oh, beautiful. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, lining. Yeah. Yeah. And best, best yeah. thing. Yes. Um, it sort of revolves around food, <laughs> which was always going to be Amazing. the case. Um, I On Sunday morning, my oldest Charlie got up at like 6 a.m. and I managed to some. He got into bed with us, and I managed to convince him that we should go get donuts from um, Queen Vic Market, um, which is like my yeah. favorite donuts in the world. Uh, and we went at like we. I looked up that they opened at seven, but the market didn't open at nine. So we got to. So we like drove in from Preston. Only took ten minutes, and we uh, had we got like a green light. We didn't get one red light for the whole way. Right. And I'm we managed to start, kind of turn into a game, and he was losing his. Can I swear? Yeah. At all. <laughs> Yeah, he was losing his shit in the back state about the the amount of green lights we'd gotten in a row and the amount of joy he was getting about the green lights. Oh. It was just like it was better than the donuts. But then when we got there, it was like the market was still getting set up and they were like setting up all the stalls and he's never been there. I don't think I've ever been there before any people are there. So we're like watching all the workers set up all the stall and eating donuts oh, in his pyjamas at the market beautiful. at 7 a.m. It was like a pretty 
yeah, that was probably my highlight of the week thus far. And this, and doing this podcast, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I love that he's already um he's already um happy about green lights in traffic. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, and even <laughs> I must have rubbed off on him because he like calls out when we're on the train and he sees traffic. He would go like traffic oh! and yell it out, and he sees it. So obviously. Yeah, my frustrations with traffic have rubbed off yeah. on them already, I think. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> what a sweetheart. Oh, my gosh, to have kids. He's pretty yes, special. Really yeah, bad. it's hard, but it's um, it's also the best. Yeah. 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 Josh, you're on, like, one of the most popular podcasts in Australia, The Imperfects, which Lil and I absolutely love and listen to every single episode. We are huge fangirls of it. Oh, wow. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Thanks very like much. It's fantastic. It's honestly fantastic. And we wanted to ask first, what does it feel like to be on such a successful podcast like yourselves and have so many beautiful, amazing, inspiring guests and have these kind of really, really vulnerable conversations? Like what does that feel like? What is it like? Um, well, to the – I might, um, to, to, I think it was Esther Perel that said, there are two questions there and I'll start at the end and go backwards, which is like the most direct way to answer something. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll do that uh, to try and sound like her. The, the latter half is, it feels incredible. The interviewing remarkable people and having those conversations is like, it's honestly changed my life because the, it's like, um, I feel like it was the evolution of like, I did, I went to a psychologist for about 10 years, uh, on different ones, but uh, psychologists for about 10 years, but one really amazing one for about six years, seven years, um, at which got me to to be the person I am today, I think, amongst other things. But then it feels like this natural evolution of that to now be having these incredible conversations with people who are either experts or just really interesting, generous, vulnerable people to really have, have these fulfilling, vulnerable, in-depth conversations with people as a as a job because I just finished my old job and I'm now doing sort of podcasting full-time now this year and to say that that's what I do is just unbelievable and it's the most fulfilling job that I never saw coming like I never would have expected to be it wasn't part of the plan or anything I aspired to be so it's kind of just rather than there being a sort of striving or yearning for it it's just been like icing on the cake of life which has been just so incredible um, as far as what it feels like to the success thing, it doesn't really, I try not to, I really try hard not to think about it. And in fact, I'm going to delete, I've been saying this for a while, but I need to write back to a few people before I do it, but I really want to delete my Instagram mm-hmm. yeah. account because I, I just, um, I am just getting sucked in and addicted to scrolling. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, th- the more I think about externally, the less joy and fulfilling I get from the podcast. So as long as I continue to think about it, it it's a tough thing to do, yeah. but the, the first three years or first cut, it's sort of grown a lot in the last year, which has been um, amazing and incredible. And I'm so grateful that people are listening to the show, but I know for my own mental health, I need to just continue to focus on kind of pretending it isn't that big and that we're just like continuing to just have really good conversations and that it all feels good in the room with the four of us, with Bridget as well, um, that what we're doing feels good and it and it means a lot to us um, rather than thinking too much about external factors because I know that 
I think some people might be able to handle that cognitively, but I know I can't. And so I just need to continue to focus on what we're doing rather than, and, and any kind of success is incredible mm. and lovely. And, um, and I should also say that because we've been doing this live show, yeah. it's been unbelievable meeting people because um, we end up meeting a few people sometimes after the show yeah. and to actually put faces to names, like the letters and the emails and everything are incredible, but actually having yeah. conversations with people is, um, is I didn't realise how amazing yeah. that would be and how incredibly rewarding and fulfilling that would be and meeting so many interesting people yeah. um, around the country has been incredible. Mm, I guess it makes it sort of a bit more real. When, it makes it very real. Yeah. Yeah, when you're talking to someone, I mean, it's still real getting a, a lovely email and some of them have been almost brought me to tears yeah. and have brought me to tears, some of them. Um, but it's it's a different thing talking yeah. to someone face-to-face. Um, so that's been incredible as well, yeah. Mm. And with that, um, I'm curious about the, I guess, the um, the external, I guess, validation and the way that that impacts you. Um, how do you find it affects you with, I guess, you know, um, cognitively or, or uh, emotionally? Yeah. Um, well, one of the reasons I didn't want, don't want to continue using Instagram mm-hmm. is that I found myself going there to, when I was feeling a bit low, to mm-hmm. try and find people saying nice things about the show, yeah. which is uh, as soon as I started doing that, I'm like, this is a dangerous path to be going down. Mm. Uh, and, uh, of course, because the same amount of people, there's a lot of people that like the show, but I'm sure there's an equal amount that think we're pretty crap or don't <laughs> like us. So there's that, I, you need to be able to, you need to be able to be comfortable with that fact, knowing that that's out there. Yeah. So, um, and the nasty, the the bad comments uh, hit, a lot harder than the positive ones. Yeah. So um, it's – I've, I've, I've kind of lost exactly what your question was, to be honest. I no, feel like I'm not answering okay. it properly. No, but um, I try it, – it's a dangerous yeah. – it's a tricky game. It, mm. it is tricky because I think – I can't remember if he said this on air or off air, so I'm hoping it's on air so I don't betray his trust. <laughs> but um, I think in the episode we did with Hamish Blake, he talked a little bit about mm-hmm. this um, and – how the the compliments are amazing and good yeah. to a point, but you can't rely on them too much. Mm. Um, and they need to. I think they always need to be icing on the cake of what you're doing. Yeah. And if they're to to milk the analogy way too far, if they're, they're becoming the flour and the eggs and the yeah. vanilla extract and whatever else <laughs> yeah. is in your cake, <laughs> then um, then you've got a problem. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I can tell you yeah. he did say that on air because I've listened to it multiple times. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah, how good was he? He's, yeah. It shows, <laughs> hey, like, you know, it's really important when you have a project or when you start, you know, whatever it might be that you're passionate about, to actually have passion in that and know that your why and, and why you're actually doing these things and the intention behind it isn't to mm. be famous or successful or get rich or whatever. It's like it's so much more ingrained deep within, I guess, um, a value that you have or whatever it might be and the icing on the cake is that mm. like is the money or is the success or is you know the well um established brand or whatever you judge it off mm. externally but whether that is there or not won't determine your worth and won't determine how you feel about what you're doing yeah absolutely and i think it's probably important for me to say that i haven't always felt like this like when i was a lot when i was younger yeah. i think if I'm being brutally honest, I think I did want to be famous yeah. because it felt like 
I think Ryan said this well, better than me, but um, I think fame is such a tangible um, version of success that you can go, well, if I've got that, I'm successful. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I wanted to be famous in a music sense when I used to play in bands and stuff because it felt like that would fill a void mm. because it was an obvious, clear, um, tangible way of feeling success, which yeah. I never got, thank God, because I think it would have been really dangerous. Yeah for me to get that at that point in my life. Um, But any kind of, um, yeah, but now I kind of don't, well, we're not, I'm not famous at all and we're not, but if I don't think I really want that at all, uh, it's Mm -hmm. I just want to keep doing really good work and having really good conversations Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. enjoying the process of making a show with really really great people. Mm. Um, Yeah. I guess like as you get, older and maybe a little bit wiser your version of success changes I guess yeah and definitely I think when you're younger I think you know I, I had the same I'm like gonna be famous one day blah, blah blah but I think that is kind of our only way at that time to define success like you said tangibly um mm. whereas I guess as you get older that kind of changes more to like oh okay really what I was mm. searching for it was fulfillment. Yeah. Fulfillment, and yeah, yeah. Happiness. And feeling like I'm enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. feeling of, yeah, being yeah. enough. I always call it like the I'm not good enough like epidemic. Like it's mm. it's massive. So it's. Oh, it's, yeah. um, it's everywhere. And I think also I was in denial for a long time. I feel like I would say to people I definitely don't want fame, mm. but I think I actually did. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I was kidding myself and yeah. trying to convince other people but I knew in the inside that, like, but if I did get it, I reckon I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. I'd probably really like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why, yeah. Why do you think you denied it for so long? Like, were you ashamed of um, wanting that? Yeah, I think because cognitively I knew that that's not what I really wanted. Mm. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of – I have a lot of shame over wanting that. So and I and I've got a really grounded group of friends who I love a lot, but they're all like I've got my my closest mates have been my friends since we were sort of about sort of thirteen or fourteen, and they're all pretty. They they they'll ground they're grounding <laughs> they're like yeah. they'll give me shit at the like look for ways to give each other yeah. shit yeah um and. I know that I was ashamed that that was probably what I, I don't think they're not the kind of friends that you would say, I want to be famous and that would go down well, yeah. for yeah. example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that would be, it's, it would be, it's a low thing to aim for in my circle of friends. Yeah. And I think it should be a low thing to aim for. Yeah. I think it's, I think that's correct. Mm. But um, so I would never admit it to them or anyone out loud because I, I knew that they would cut it down because I knew logically it's also not something that I really want, mm. but it's the only thing I can imagine at the moment that would feel successful. Yeah. yeah. Especially going because of what the work I did before this was all in a sort of creative-ish mm. field. Yeah. And I think compared to people who do more traditional lines of work, mm. like uh, thinking of one of my best friends who's a doctor, there's a very clear thing of like just do this do this mm-hmm. do this yeah. follow this path and you'll be su- mm-hmm. successful so to speak mm-hmm. um and i whereas there isn't that path if you're in a creative 
outlet. Mm-hmm. There's many, many, many different ways to have success and a lot of them aren't clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's harder to find things that are tangible to, yeah. to grasp onto. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of like plays into the whole idea of, of this imposter syndrome that we do want to speak to you about. Mm. I've kind of experienced that in a way of I went down a completely different path to basically everyone in my circle. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was studying psych, dropped out of uni, studied um, to become a hypnotherapist and mm. I've ex- definitely experienced that whole imposter of like, who do I think I am? Why do I think that <laughs> I get to do this whole other path when everyone else is doing this? And mm. I guess I'm curious if that is something you've experienced within, I guess, the the creative path that you've taken or just in, in your life, in your career where you're at now. Yeah. I mean, for me, for most of my creative life, mm. it's been more like – Wait till, wait till they realise how bad you really are mm. at this thing. Like you're, you don't really you're you don't really deserve to be here, or you don't have. Like everyone else is better at this than you, so you're going to have to uh, make up for it in some other way. Like so, um. So in my previous... um... Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I don't know if you guys know this. I might have mentioned on the, I think I mentioned on the show, but in my previous work before the podcast, I was kind of, I was basically a content creator for brands. So I didn't create anything of my own stuff, but I would do some TV ads and um, uh, like online content, um, ended up doing a lot more in the educational space, which I did find, and that, that was the space that I found a lot more rewarding by the end mm. that I was sort of doing before transitioning to this, and I really love that work. Yeah. But um, for a long time, I'd call myself a director, DOP, um, d- director of photography slash director, which is kind of ridiculous because I wasn't like a director. Like I went to uni um, with some people who are um, – Corey Chen, who's one of I'm thinking of, who is an incredible director, who's made she's an, she's one of Australia's like really up and coming. Well, she's not even up and coming anymore. She's just established yeah. now, like yeah. best directors around, Amazing. and she's made TV series and uh, films, I think. Uh, and she's a real director. Yeah. And I would call myself that, but I'd never made a film. Yeah, uh, like I was I was trying because I didn't want to be a content creator because a content creator in my mind is like a YouTuber who does. Yeah. 
um, yeah. which is definitely not what I ever wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to label myself as something that I really didn't have the runs on the board to label myself of, but I was putting a lot of emphasis on that label because I didn't want to be, because I was trying to pretend that I was better than I was really. Yeah. Um, and I guess to, a, to it's confusing though because in that industry you kind of have mm-hmm. to push yourself forward a little bit if you're mm-hmm. freelancing and sort of fake it till you make it to a degree. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I think a, a good example is I got this job um, doing, it was an incredible opportunity doing work for uh, an ANZ campaign, which is these street artists in Sydney painting huge murals of really important people in the community through Sydney. And we were making this film about this process of, or uh, like a series of ads, I should say, I'd stop calling films, Impossible yeah. Girl, um, <laughs> series of ads um, that um, were, uh, uh, documenting mm-hmm. this and um, I worked quite hard on it very, very hard on it actually probably the hardest I've worked on anything at that point mm-hmm. the whole time I did feel like I shouldn't mm-hmm. be there and I shouldn't have this job and someone else who's much better and more experienced should have this job mm-hmm. and I found the whole process challenging and hard and not that enjoyable even though it was a dream job it was like going up to Sydney for two yeah. weeks um, filming and getting to meet these amazing street artists and these amazing people they're profiling mm-hmm. and just documenting it and turning it into a film but I um, um, but I <laughs> so Hughes just popped his do you want to yeah. say yeah hi Hugh hey Hugh hey Hugh, Hugh. <laughs> yeah we're, we're recording how are you doing <laughs> podcast call the best bit the best bits oh excellent yeah. very good what was the best part of your week Hugh uh, uh, good question. I just had um a granola and with strawberries and raspberries this morning uh, at a cafe because I thought it was meant to be somewhere at nine forty-five. It was actually ten fifteen, so I had an extra stunning half hour to myself. Well done. It was really great. Yeah, that's ten out of ten. Both our best bits. Of and also when we saw our kids. Oh, as well. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The kid thing too. Yeah. What, what's the so? What's the podcast about? It's about mental health. Um, oh, wow. So I'm a hypnotherapist. Alice is a dietitian, and we work with eating disorders. Um, so we kind of like talk about how kind of the worst bits in life ended up kind of being the best bits. Oh, um, wow. mm. Yeah. That's yeah, really we really good. enjoy it. We're relatively new, but, yeah, we're yeah. enjoying it. I was going to say I'm happy to come on the podcast one day, but I'm already on it right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll leave you guys to it, but um, it's lovely. Thanks for I, I really hope this makes it into the final. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. It's yeah. been great. Back for part two, okay? Nice to meet you. Bye. Um, where was I up to? Oh, yeah. So this ANZ, ANZ job, incredible opportunity, but the whole time I felt uh, I couldn't enjoy it because the whole time I was sort of felt like I had to make up for the fact that I wasn't good enough to get the job. So I was kind of projecting that I knew more than I knew. Mm-hmm. So I was always saying, oh, we should do it like this. We should do it like that. When I didn't really know. And it, and the job's fine, but oh, actually, before I go on to the next thing, the interesting thing about it is that it took a long time. This job because it took a long time to get the artists ready and everything. It was like a long period. By the time we finished it, the marketing manager or the person in charge of this part of the job at ANZ had changed. Mm. Really liked the campaign, so as soon as we'd finished, they shelved the campaign and like mm. YouTube and put nothing behind it, so no one ever saw it. Yeah. So. It was kind of the biggest job I'd ever done in my career at that point. Mm. And it got put on the shelf straight away, which just confirmed mm. everything in my head of like, yeah, you are yeah. not good enough. Like your work isn't strong enough. 
mm. and you know, and it confirmed all the imposter syndrome stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, but and maybe we can go on to, yeah, maybe I don't know if I'll bring this up now, but I think it leads to a way a complete change in the way I work now and yeah. and think. In that, if yeah. I'd if I'd admitted what I didn't know after getting the job, mm. and had been a lot more humble and just sort of willing to say, I, I, I don't know if this is the right way of doing it, but it, maybe we could try it like this. The moment I've started, the more I've said that I don't know to people, the better the work has become. Yeah. Um, yeah. And admitting where all my failures are. But I think, unfortunately, I think you can't get there until you know what your strengths are as well. Yeah. Because yeah. then you're just talking yourself down the whole time. That's right. Yeah. It's that um, balance. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So... Sorry, with the interjection of Hugh there, I feel like I've really muddled the answer. But no, um, it, yeah, yeah. Mm. and I'm, I guess I'm always interested. Like, I guess with the work that I do, like, um, you know, you said that um, when they shelved the campaign, it confirmed mm-hmm. the beliefs that you already had. Yeah, and I'm super interested how we develop mm. beliefs, mm. and I guess I wonder if that kind of imposter syndrome feeling is something. I guess that you can pinpoint where it started. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I don't know if I can, I, I mean, there's the obvious, the elephant in the room, so to speak, um, that when my sister had an eating disorder um, in when I was very young, sort of 11 or 12, mm-hmm. I assumed mm-hmm. a role of trying to be perfect for the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think built into the idea of being perfect to like make sure that I didn't cause any more issues or any stresses unnecessarily. And I think probably built into the idea of perfection is the idea that you're, well, there's no such thing as perfect basically. And so you're never good enough if you're not perfect. Um, And so I guess there's probably something in there about that. But interestingly on the show the other day, I can't remember when this conversation's happened or whether it's been released yet. It might not have been released yet as a podcast, but Hugh said something um, about how when he meets people, there's this feeling he has of, I can't wait for both of us to like each other. Um, and I was, and me and Hugh are so similar in so many ways, but I've never had that feeling. Like there's always yeah. a feeling of like, I would understand if this it's person like doesn't like you. me. They might, yeah. but there's there's not an assumption that we would just like each other naturally, mm. whereas Hugh has an inbuilt default mode of like, I can't wait for the two of us to like each other. If we're good people, why wouldn't yeah, we like wow. each other? Yeah. Um, whereas I'm like, I wonder when they'll work. Well, they might like me, they might not, but yeah. yeah, but there's not that default thing. And I don't know if that I've had that forever. Um, I guess I should ask my mum what I was like <laughs> as a little kid. But um, yeah, or it comes in from that idea of not if, if you're not perfect, you're not Being good enough. Being enough, like when will they find yeah. it? It's that automatic mm. assumption. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, which is, yeah, which is funny because I don't think the real me is no. bad or I didn't think the real me is bad. This is sort of also I should sort of say this is kind of what I used to think. I think my psyche's changed quite a lot and I don't really think this mm. way as much anymore. Mm. Um, and I think it's kind of surprising to me because I knew that we uh, you'd mentioned in an email before this that we'd talk about imposter syndrome. And it's mm. funny to me and I think it's quite potentially 
I think this is quite an inspirational idea in that I find it very hard to remember exactly what it felt like um, because I feel a lot better about a lot of this stuff now, which I think is quite inspiring to me for stuff that I'm going, for any stuff I'm going through now, that you move through it if you work on it and if you do the right things and try and have a sense of um, wanting to get better, um, you you can get to a point where it feels like a different mm. person yeah. that felt like that, which yeah. I think is kind of lovely because mm. you, when you're in it, it kind of feels like you can never be anything else than yeah. that. You mentioned just before around how, you know, you've changed and, you know, you've worked through that concept of imposter syndrome. Has it been something you've done kind of intentionally through therapy or do you think it's something that has kind of just transformed maybe subconsciously or through work or conversations or just kind of getting older and navigating and understanding that perfection is completely unattainable? Uh, I think it's all definitely all of the above. Mm. Um, I went to this incredible psychologist for a very long time um, and it was uh, – and I would, I'd love to see her again, but unfortunately she's gone back to teaching so I can't go oh, see no. her at the moment, which sucks. Um <laughs> Yeah, but um, she, yeah, so I saw her for a really long time, um, which was vital. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to do, I wouldn't be the person I am today without her um, and going to see a professional for such a long period of time. Um, and it really did take a long period of time. It took like, and there were so many little milestones along the way, but we had this incredible session, uh, which I think probably feeds into the next part of the answer in that the week before my first child was born, we had this incredible session that was like mind blowing. And that was the last, and then Charlie was born like as soon as COVID happened, that was the last session I had in person with her. Um, And it was like, it kind of felt like the six years was leading towards getting me in a place where I could be a dad. And then we had Charlie, but then the process of having Charlie is the largest fundamental like shift in my mind that I've ever experienced. And with that, there was a lot of the stuff and the sort of bullshit that I was holding on to. I was able to, for the first time, say, do I want to be this? Do I want Charlie to be this person? Because mm. he's going to take on the stuff that I model. Uh, and of course I don't. I would hate him to think the things that I think about myself over the years. Yeah. So... I need, and do I want him to have a dad who thinks about himself this way? Mm. Um, does he deserve to have a dad that thinks he's not good enough or does he deserve to have a dad who thinks he is good enough? And with that, I was able to let go of a lot of the stuff, but I don't think I would have been able to let go of a lot of that stuff if I hadn't have done the six years of mm. yeah. psych work. But yeah. I also don't think I would have been able to let go of the stuff without the child being born because mm. I wouldn't have had a big enough external uh, um a big enough reason that was bigger than me like something that i loved and cared about more than myself to do it but then i've gone on and had these conversations and i'd be lying if i didn't say that the work that and the joy that i get from my work as well um and these incredible conversations like it's it's kind of ridiculous it's ironic that um hamish would say you've got to balance the external feedback um but it's kind of ironic that something he said to me is has like really it was like a fundamental shift um i don't know it sounds like you've listened to that episode a couple of times early maybe <laughs> um 
<laughs> so, but there was the analogy he said about the car crash mm. has like really stuck with me. Um, they mm. sort of who cared because I was sitting around the table thinking the only reason why I'm here is because of Hugh's mm. brother. And then his thing of saying, to repeat it for your audience um, who probably haven't heard it, um, I would say, like, the only reason why I'm here is that I'm Hugh's brother and I'm doing an okay job, but sure, other people could do this job just as well. Mm. Um, and he very kindly said that you are, you're here and you're doing a great job and you deserve to be here and you're filling the space well. And he's like having listened to the show. So getting a compliment from like someone who's effectively like a, some kind of like, I can't think of a more successful Australian comedian and personality than him yeah. um, in success in many ways, like not just fame, but success mm-hmm. in that he's ma- managed to continue to do things his way throughout his career and with a strong personality. But um, so getting the compliment first, but then also he followed up with this analogy that um, he's like, who cares how you got here? Like if if someone is walking past a car crash and they pull out a body and save a person's mm-hmm. life, no one says, well, you're not really here, I mate. You just happen to be walking past. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's so a, true. which is the greatest analogy ever. It's like, who cares how you yeah. got in the position? Yeah. You're there. So yeah. do the best yeah. you can yeah. with it yeah. um, and yeah. take the opportunity. Um, mm. So, yeah. And so being told by, and then I think Glenn Robbins said something really nice to me as well. And I've loved yeah. him since I was about five wow. years old. So having, yeah, they say like don't meet your heroes, but meeting some heroes and having a hero say nice things yes. to you does help. Icing on the cake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it would be great. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It really does help. So it's a combination of everything, really. Um, yeah, yeah. And but I still get, but I still get some forms of imposter yeah. syndrome, definitely. But I also think potentially that's slightly healthy if you can keep it in check. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I- um, as long as it's not like limiting you in what you do, as long as you're kind of aware of those thoughts mm-hmm. and it's like they're not necessarily true and it's your sort of more inner critic that's like enabling them, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of normal to have elements of imposter syndrome. And especially if you're putting yourself out there, mm-hmm. like it's kind of like inevitable, right? Yeah. And I think the key is that you you are able to admit that you're not good enough at something, yeah. but that doesn't mean you're not good yes. enough. Yeah as a person and confusing those two things. I think it, being able to admit that you're not good enough at something I think is a really, really healthy thing mm. if it's kept in check that it's external to you. Like I'm not yeah. a good enough painter or drawer and I want to mm. get better at it, but I'm still yeah. enough as a person and I'm a good person yeah. and it doesn't mean I'm shit and I don't need to be good at that to feel like I'm a good person. Because yeah. the, uh, the, the, um, I think a, an unchecked world where everyone just thinks they're great at everything and is a pretty nightmarish situation Um, and we should always be looking for growth and admitting where because also by admitting that you're not good at something um is the best way to grow um i think it was uh dr m talking in our show talking about the power of not yet um and i love that and i've been trying to instill it into charlie Uh, i talk more about charlie because augie's a lot younger he's only 10 months old so we haven't had many conversations yet but um it's, but I'm really, it's like one of my proudest parenting moments was because he gets really down when he can't do something well and he's got these like um, marble run yeah. game and I've been trying to get him to celebrate when it breaks or falls apart because we get yeah. to like do it again and it, yeah. and it like smashed recently and it, when he usually 
would have lost it. He got really excited and was like, yes, oh, we get oh, to do it again. Yes. And trying to, so yeah, trying to shift mm. that thing yeah. of like failure and being not good at something is a, is a really exciting thing because it's a chance to get better and yeah. it's a chance to grow and learn things. And when you're kind of learning new stuff, that's like, I feel like that's kind of like one of the most exciting things in life. But you have yeah. to think you're good enough as a person, yes. which is a whole. They're just two separate things. I think yeah. we confuse them. Yeah. And you need yeah. to do the work in other areas, whatever that is, whether it's um, mm. psych and maybe you could tell me that hypnotherapy can help as well. Um, but um, whatever it is, I think you need to do the work on yourself to get yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's that we get so caught up in we, uh, for an example, um, you know, if, if you own a, own a business and your business isn't doing well or you have a slow month, uh, it's really hard to, to not think, well, that's not doing well, that's not succeeding, so I'm not successful yeah. and I'm not good enough. And I think it's something that's um, kind of ingrained in us from when we're, when we're really young is like, well, if you're not achieving and you don't have tangible things to show, then you're not good enough. Yeah. And I think we're kind of our unless, you know, we do the work and, and we really, really try and make those changes, it's like life is this constant grind of like, okay, what do I have to show for who I am next? Mm. And I think it's a big trap that we all at some point can get caught up in and I think the awareness that you have about all, all of that is so fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, I think awareness is one thing and it's easy for me to say it, but I don't think, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I don't think, I don't know, but I'm not sure. I feel a bit sad because I feel like my awareness of it doesn't really help someone who's just trying to start a business and it's not going that well. I think what we what we forget is that, like, just by us being born, like, we are born good enough, mm. like, just, just at that moment, we are good enough and we don't have to ever prove anything to, yeah. to be good enough. We just are. Mm. We just are. And that's, I think, what we forget. And I think it's, um, you know, whether it's your business, whether it's, you know, whatever, um, it's coming back to that remembering and that unlearning of all these kind of unconscious imprints that we get through society that mm. we do live in. Um so it's it's a really tricky thing, but well, to on that on the baby thing, yeah. Lael Stone, who we've had on the show a bit, yeah. we had her in our live yeah. shows, and she had this incredible line, which I'm stealing from her, but accrediting, so not quite stealing, <laughs> um, where she's like, "No one who's had a child ever like looks at that baby for the yeah. first time and goes, yeah, you're not quite enough, <laughs> yeah, not perfect, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just think they're the most perfect Actually. thing ever, ever, and so yeah. she, um." loves to to try and look at yourself as the child that you were um and she yeah and and, uh dilruk who we've had on the Mm -hmm. show hugh bumped into him at the airport recently and dilruk um jay singer um had a photo of himself as a little kid on the back of his on his phone and hugh at first thought that's a slightly strange thing but then he explained to him that it's like i every time when i start to think that i'm not good enough i look at this and Mm -hmm. try and say it to myself as a little kid yeah, which I think beautiful. is incredibly powerful thing because there's no way I'd look at a yeah. five-year-old version of me and say I'm not good enough. No, no way. Also, because just... I probably I think I peaked physically as a five-year-old. 
early. Yeah. I was definitely. I, I feel the same. I yeah. was incredible. I was, the, I was a very cute five-year-old. It's been downhill yeah. since then. <laughs> yeah. I had an exceptional bowl cut. Yeah, it was a good time for me. Unfortunately, that was the. I didn't know it was the peak at the time, but it was a good time. So, of course, you were good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then, then I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. good. And I, I think one kind of more thing we wanted to touch on, just because it's this, um, it's such a huge thing that you guys have brought into the mainstream, this idea of vulnerability. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, Brene Brown talks about it. You know, she does studies on it. Yeah, the, I think know, she the, brought it into the yeah. mainstream before. I, yeah, maybe. I, <laughs> yeah. I think maybe. You should probably yeah, credit Brene Brown first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the impact that you guys have had, I think particularly like yeah. Australian culture because, you know, we're very much like um, shove it under the rug, like um, don't talk about it. You know, it's weak to kind of be vulnerable. Mm. Um, and this is something that Al and I were talking about just before you popped on was the idea of three men on a podcast, talking about mental health, um, being vulnerable, sharing that to so many people, the impact that that is having is, I can only imagine, massive. Um, I know it's even, uh, you know, massive within within my household. You know, my family and I talk about it. My partner and I um, have, you know, listened to episodes and then we'll talk about things and it's, it's really special. And I, I'm curious if, this vulnerability is something that you've always felt comfortable with or it's been like a very learned thing over time or how do you get that courage because so many people listen that you don't know and Mm. I'm sure that can be a bit scary. Yeah, um, it's a great question and thank you. I think you've been very generous and kind with your (laughs) credit. Um, I I think – as far as the, I think it's always been what I'd, the way I'd prefer to be, um, but the, for a long time I couldn't do it, um, and I would try and get rejected. Amazingly, I actually had a uh, when I was like eighteen, I went to this psychiatrist, and I, it was only a psychiatrist because it was bog billed and it was free. <laughs> So I didn't need medication or anything like that, but I ended up going to see this guy and he was pretty brutal and he dealt with really people with really serious conditions. And I think he just thought I was a bit pathetic (laughs) is the feeling I got. It wasn't a very good experience. And I'd broken up with a, it was like one of my earliest proper relationships and we'd broken up and I wrote a letter to to her just to tell her how, I wasn't trying to like win her back or anything like that, but just to say what an incredible impact she'd had on my life. Mm. And he, and I, I think I read it out to him. He said, like I read it out to him or something in a session. And his reaction was, geez, you wear your heart on your sleeve, don't you? Oh. <laughs> it's like, like it was said a bad that. thing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, Whoops. Hey, I'm still going to send yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I was like my reaction to him. But, I think I've always had in me this want to be a bit more mm. honest and vulnerable about what's going on mm. inside with me with friends. But it's a really difficult thing to do because if you do it in that case, you kind of feel a bit shit if you if it's not reciprocated in the right way. So I think when you're being vulnerable, it's really, really important that the people who you're being vulnerable with, you trust and respect and love and they love you. So because when you do it with the right people, 
it's incredible. And I'm talking about because I, I think it's this may be stereotyping, but I think traditionally women have been better at this than men. Um, and I, but when you do it with men, I've found that interestingly since doing it with Hugh and Ryan on the show, I've had old friends in my life who I never would have expected to want to have these kind of conversations sort of pull me aside at parties or give me a call or just give little ins like not and I I think it's not don't expect when someone hasn't done it before don't expect them to come out and sound like Brene Brown it's like (laughs) they it but there are little indications that they want to go a little bit further and talk about stuff Um, and that is so it's been so incredible and so special and my friendships outside of the podcast have only gotten stronger Um, so I think there is a need for a lot of men and I'm not saying every there are a lot of men who don't want to do this and I think it's a really, 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 really confronting thing to be vulnerable about what's going on inside. So it's important to acknowledge that. But I'm jumping around a lot here, but so sorry for a muddled answer. But if if um if we if anything we've done is sort of encouraged and helped a few vulnerable even one more vulnerable conversation that needed to happen happen, I think that is then the every episode we've made commute uh, cumulatively, it's worth it if it's just been like one more vulnerable conversation to happen because it's um it's really good stuff and it's kind of addictive mm-hmm. once you start doing it. It's like there's no other way to really yeah yeah do it. But I think it can be done with. I think the the thing that I think I think the thing that makes it potentially resonate. I think with some men, I think is pr- the presence of Ryan <laughs> and Hugh to a degree because yeah. I I think. I'm not as naturally funny as those two, and especially Ryan. I mean, he's a, a genius. So I think that to know that it doesn't have to be a really deep, serious conversation, it can be really funny and really fun and really helpful at the same time. Like I think there's a – you don't want to take the piss out of someone's vulnerability, but it doesn't mean you can't have fun and laugh about stuff while you're doing it, and that is a really connecting thing because at the end of the day I think vulnerability just leads to stronger connections yeah. and that's probably the most important mm-hmm. most important bit. Interestingly my psych said early on this is 2019 when we'd barely done any shows she was the first person to pick up on it pretty quickly that um, she's like what what you guys are actually doing is modeling vulnerability and we didn't realize that yet. Yeah. Uh, but she's like, that's the important thing that yeah. you're doing. And I think that's probably one of the reasons we, we, I say we, but it was really Ryan who had the main idea for the vulnerability format was yeah. that we, re- that was her, it was yeah. the pun. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, once we had the pun, we had to do the show. But yeah. um, I think, um, yeah, it was, it was that recognition from her that we're like, oh, okay, that is yeah. something that's, you, that is worth delving into further yeah. and an important thing to discuss because vulnerability is pretty um, important. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it has such exactly. a ripple effect. It does. Um, I think we both share yeah. episodes to our clients um, who, you know, might be struggling with one thing and, mm. and we'll send an episode be like, just have a listen and maybe it'll open your mind to something. And it has just that planting yeah. of a seed. Yeah. Um, it's really powerful. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. 
Oh, wow. That's amazing. Incredible to hear you guys are sharing it. Yeah. As part of your work. That's oh, um, huge. That's everything. Like, that's huge. It's just, Thank yeah, you. the whole essence of vulnerability. I, I think you made a really good point, Josh, about, you know, being vulnerable is very difficult at the start and not everyone wants to be that and you can't necessarily push somebody, but allowing that space, that safe space to be vulnerable is really, really important. You can't just expect someone to just automatically be vulnerable when they've never done it before in a room full of strangers. So I think that the podcast Mm. um, with you and Ryan, The Imperfects, has, I guess, enabled people to understand and see the the power in vulnerability. And then I guess it's up to the listeners to really – find and and sort of support others to to find a space that they're able to open up about similar issues or completely absolutely yeah because being vulnerable is so different for different people like for some people just getting out like taking one step out of their house is a really vulnerable thing to do Mm -hmm. so i think that's the other thing that we need to recognize that like everyone comes from a different place when it comes to doing vulnerable things and um, just any step of any step done safely and carefully is really wonderful. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a huge deep share of the worst thing that's ever happened to you. In fact, sometimes that might be not the right thing to do because it's not ready to be shared and it could be more traumatic. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but I I think um, celebrating any kind of vulnerability is a, is a good place to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Josh. Oh, we, pleasure. This has been fantastic. Yeah, we're yeah. so grateful um, for this chat. So am I. But, yeah, I think more importantly the, the work that you all do um, and the impact that that's having I think is something to be, you know, not to just shower you in compliments, <laughs> but we are, we are really that's grateful. That's okay. You can, you can do that. Um, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> we are genuinely really grateful for it and, um, yeah, it's something that, yeah, you should be really, really proud of. Uh, so, yeah. I'm not good at accepting them, um, but but thank you. Thank you very much. I, I'll do my best and and I'll just imagine you complimenting the other people in the team. Yes, do that. Do <laughs> so, that. yeah, it's really, uh, no, it's the fact that, honestly, the fact that anyone listens to the show still shocks me. So it's, um, and to think that it's connected or resonated with anyone. Yeah is um is incredible so thank you so much and thank you for your show it's um incredible it's really great i've loved this chat i'm so glad yeah thank you so much and for the work that you guys do outside the show sounds amazing hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.